I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, coming up in about 15 minutes, the final uh, big keyword of the day for your chance at inflation cash. Be listening for it around 520. And more importantly, be listening for John Cobell to tell you how you have a chance to win that money. Yeah, he's that's what very I good at now. this. He reads very carefully. Mm-hmm. I know how it works. And he will recap with the actual word in case you were zoning out like Joe Biden during the <laughs> announcement of the word. Uh, we understand it's possible that the Los Angeles City Council will meet in person again uh, this week for the first time in a couple of weeks uh, after the uh, big story came out about the leaked audio tape between the three council members and that labor hack. Uh, it was chaos when they tried to uh, do their in-person council meeting. So they uh, used the excuse of COVID to go virtual, which is what they did last week but they might be back to trying to do it in person and since uh kevin de leon and gil Cedillo have not resigned and the people that are i imagine they're still sitting on de leon's property in eagle rock they're still camped out there in tents i don't know I didn't as long see as they get paid this, didn't see a story this weekend so well i mean the story's now boring i mean there's nothing new about it unless they have new tapes uh there's what are you going to say they said what they said uh, the, for the two guys, wasn't really that bad. Really wasn't, and uh, they're not leaving. They're refusing to. So there's nowhere to go with this. There's there's no way to remove him unless uh, DeLeon's constituents uh, want a recall in his district, and and Sidio's uh, is done in two months anyway. Yeah, DeLeon's the only one worth talking about, right? Because, uh... But I I see no way he leaves unless he's recalled. Yeah, and I wonder if that'll happen. And I think he'll campaign like hell if he does get recalled. So two weeks too late 
Here is Gavin Newsom in last night's debate when he was asked about the two city council members. Well, I think he should. I think they should. I think they should. I want to give them space, but I think it was very clear with Nuri that she did the right thing, and I think the others should do the same. Why did you want to give them space? I wanted to provide the opportunity for them to justify what they were said, what they said, and the opportunity to be transparent about what they said. And uh, so, what we're does that mean? And uh, looking forward to announcements soon. I mean, it, everything he says, no matter what the topic is, is some kind of gobbledygook. You told me years ago, and you're right, it's tech jargon. It is. It he is. borrows words from the tech glossary. Because he's insecure about his own thoughts He and likes his own to ability. say space when he talks about things. Space. Yeah. He, th- there's not- in that space, give them, well, give them space in this case meant, well, here's what happened in case you missed it. Not that anybody follows Newsom. When everybody else was calling for them to resign a couple weeks ago, he did not. He put out a public statement that they apologized and the essence of it seemed to be, let's move on. They've, they've taken account for their actions and apologized and kind of surprised some people. So there he is now oh, sure. changing over to they should resign. I gave them the two weeks or I thought they would step down on their own, I guess is what he's saying. Oh, yeah, right. Members of the uh, speech enforcement uh, tribunal, of course, they're surprised. What? You don't want them put to death? You want them to continue to, to live and to speak? I'm uh, so surprised he didn't get on the resignation bandwagon. He was... About the only politician. Uh, Garcetti was late, too. but um, Maybe there's tapes of these guys. Oh, that's a good theory. You know, I have a feeling the reluctance of some to criticize publicly is uh, directly proportional to how often they have said rude things privately. And and they they just don't want to open that uh, that box. Yeah. Because the because what you don't want to do is is get r- way out there on demanding resignations and publicly shaming them, and then two days later finding out there's a tape about you. Like you 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 want to be able to survive your own scandal someday. And I think all these politicians, everybody is now very nervous about w- what did I say? Could this happen to me? Did this already happen to me? And and the clock is ticking. Well, most of the debate last night was a snooze, and it was the usual stuff of uh, uh, abortion, homelessness, gas prices. But we wanted to play this clip again because we think you ought to hear it. It'll give you a really good idea what Brian Dolly, the state senator and the Republican candidate running against Newsom, a lot of people don't even know that, uh, for the governor's seat, what he had to deal with when you go on public radio, KQED in the Bay Area, to debate uh, the long-standing Democratic hack, Gavin Newsom. Dolly, apparently the context of this is uh, the election of 2020 between Biden and Trump. All Dolly does here is try to make a Biden joke, and wow, here's what happened. Did Joe Biden legitimately win the 2022 election against Donald Trump? Yeah, I, actually, he did win the election. But the big question is, is he, does he know that? That's, that's what I wonder sometimes. But I want to talk about... You're talking about he being who? Joe Biden. What do you mean by that? Well, I, 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 yes, I agree that he won the election, but I wonder sometimes if he actually realizes that he's president of the United States. Well, of course he recognizes. And that's if why I, you're I may, insulting the president of the United States. Of course he understands he's president of the United States. If you listen to the host there, if I may, I don't know what he added in there, but Newsom was talking there. You can hear the host. If I may. Look, have you ever heard? I've wow. never heard outrage. Get more, that stick out uh, from under uh, your. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, first of all, there's a huge stick up that uh, host's rear end, Scott Schaefer. Secondly, that is the phoniest bit of outrage I've ever heard in my life from Newsom. Uh, Of course he knows who who, who he is. You don't even joke about that, John. (laughs) How dare you? With all the terrible things that Newsom has said about Trump, he's offended that somebody makes a joke about Biden. Seriously? Biden not knowing that he's president. (laughs) What do you mean by that? Six, yeah, you can hear Brian Dolly just chuckle a little nervously there to give the idea. It's just a joke, right? Doesn't even know he's president. Uh, you know, he should have. Should have. He was embarrassed, and instead he should have gone on the uh, on the offensive and said, "Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The guy's senile. That's what I'm talking about. Sixty-four percent of the country thinks he he's got cognitive problems, which is true. Oh, it's on display all the time. And it, no, yeah, the day it, goes by now. I mean, we already got that clip today where he was wandering around outside the White House, not sure yeah. where to go. Oh, did you see that other clip? There's another clip? Did Yeah. Did Deborah, did you send it to him? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. It, it's uh, Biden. Uh, uh, it, today's Kamala's birthday. So he, he was leading a celebration for our president. Oh, that was the other day, her birthday. I oh, I just today. saw it today. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just yeah. forwarded it today. I just oh, okay. On, yes, Twitter. I think it, I think it was last week. I heard somebody say I read somewhere it was her birthday. Yeah. Oh, so he, was, oh, so he, she, he declared her the president again. He does that a lot. We have that in the Bidenville several yeah. times. Could be soon. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the state of things. But he's no that host is utterly humorless, and this is the problem with progressive people. They they honestly are missing the humor gene, and 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 they have destroyed comedy. In, in, in so many different venues. And it, it's, it, they're, they're just really an awful species. And Do they, this, uh, I don't even watch the show, like Saturday Night Live, they make fun of Biden for being senile the way they would go after Trump with uh, Alec Baldwin I think, I think playing? Very, I think very rarely. Very rarely. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't watch the show. Sometimes I, mean, I read I mean, a story or the, something. The, but. What they could be doing is, if, if they are doing something, it's not making the news very much. and. Because years ago, it didn't matter who the president was or Gerald Ford was falling over himself, right? And when you know, it was a Democrat or Republican, Apparently, they made fun of him. what I read, they do a lot of uh, sketches about social, uh, social media and social media celebrities. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so if you're not, if you're not uh, like 16 years old and you're scrolling on TikTok all day, you have no idea what they're talking about. There's like, uh, it's funny you said that. Um, there is so many means to be in the entertainment field now, and it's redefining what a celebrity is. I've been watching those celebrity versions of Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune that are airing in primetime this month. I don't know any of the people. Just about, I just mo- like I don't know who they most, are. Most people don't know most celebrities. Oh, he's got a podcast. Okay. So. They're putting a podcast celebrity? They, yeah, well, supposedly they're like comedians and they have a podcast. Oh, I see. So they do stand no, up. And they, the truth is, is it's so incredibly fragmented that there are very few well-known celebrities. Very few. And most of them are much older. Yeah, and when you look at all the stuff that's being dumped through streaming and on social media and YouTube and whatever, yeah. Uh, they're, yeah, all, they're all stars and none of them are stars because you, yeah. can't, you can't keep no, up. It's so. like everybody's got 10,000 fans. <laughs> Where it used to be a hit show had 40 million viewers, but now that's impossible. So, All right, when we come back, we'll give you the rundown about the corruption at L.A. City Hall. Not just with the council members, but with the developers involved with them and with staffers. And I didn't realize it because there's some big trials coming up for some of these people. Uh, names you may know, names you won't know. 
We will get to that. And as soon as we return, it's that word, the keyword, chance for some cash, inflation bonus money. John and Ken, KFI, AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Powerball tonight. Big prize. No? All right. How much? I think it's over $800 million. Just letting you know. I can do math. You can? I can do math. So that's why I never get revved up about this stuff. Uh, There's a story that ran over the weekend uh, from the Southern California News Group. Oh, this one's name is Olga. I always like the name Olga. (laughs) Olga Gregoriantz? That's a good name. Olga Gregoriantz. It's about the corruption at L.A. City Hall. God, it was already four years ago when they raided... Uh, City Hall and the Boyle Heights home of then L.A. City Councilman Jose Huizar. Um, that was back in 2018. It tells you that, and we've mentioned this before, when the feds go after you, they're very thorough. And if they have to take their time in putting together the case to get you, they will do that. If they find after a period of investigation that this probably isn't going to lead to a conviction, then they will not do that. So what it means is by the time they finally get to court with their case and you're going to go to trial, you're probably in a lot of hot water. You're dead. Unlike what some dopey DAs do, you usually lose cases. And yeah, you, you, you should. In fact, Weezar should plead now. He's well, never his brother gonna, did. His, I know his brother did. Salvador. His brother pled out, so it really doesn't and, make any sense. And, Jose Weezar is scheduled to go to trial in February. You know what's even worse? His brother has agreed to testify against Jose. There's, yeah, there's nothing there for him. <laughs> and I forget. Now, if you don't know what this is, this the case against Weezar dealt with a developer. Good old bribes to try to get a skyscraper built in downtown Los Angeles. In fact, Weezar got $600,000 uh, in, in, in uh, it was disguised as a loan. Disguised as a loan, And he right. agreed to accept a million and a half. Uh, uh, the developer's name is Wei Wong. Wei Wong? Uh, you know, it says in the story, missing. So he's supposed to he's supposed to be on trial, too, but he probably, yeah, did, he he's, probably took uh, off. He's overseas. He's never returning. <laughs> That's the only problem with the feds. If you're going to take four he's, years to build a case, people have time to get away. He's, he's, bad. <laughs> he's busy scamming other politicians in um, another country. Yeah, a million and a half dollars and $600,000 disguised as a loan. See, that's what they have to talk about. How are we going to hide this money so it doesn't look too suspicious? With Weezar, it turned out to be poker chips, which he cashed. He also uh, gave some of the money to his brother, and his brother wrote checks to him. That was the where they got the brother involved. So, um, yeah, the uh, they they have a former federal prosecutor uh, named Niama Romani, who is quoted in this story, and it. And uh, I, I don't know, is Ray Nayama a man or a woman? I don't know. More oh, often, I, I can't tell the, the gender of uh, anybody quoted. And uh, the news media has gone woke, and they refuse to identify the genders. Oh. But uh, Rayana Romani says that uh, investigation has been going on for quite some time. And uh, not only has Salvador agreed to testify against his brother, you have other folks who've been convicted. So this is not going to end well for the former council member, Jose. So Yeah, they think it's just a matter of time before he tries to plea a deal. Uh, sometimes it's hard for people, especially if they're out of custody, because 
you know, Jose is not in jail right now, obviously. It's hard for them to voluntarily plead guilty and go to federal prison. Sometimes it's right before the jury walks in. They see the writing on the wall, and they have a come-to-Jesus talk with their attorney, and they agree to plead. I like that term, come to Jesus. I guess, I Get guess on you, your knees. You sit there and you wait for something catastrophic to happen, like all the other witnesses die in a, in a bus crash on the way to the... Uh, on, now, on the way to the courtroom. Well, earlier this year, a billionaire by the name of Day Young David Lee was found guilty. He gave $500,000 bribe to a middleman for Weezar to assure that Weezar would push back against a union group that opposed a tower in downtown L.A. that Lee planned to build. So you got that case against him. In 2020, somebody named George Esparza, a special aide in Weezar's office, he pled guilty to a racketeering conspiracy charge involving a developer who built a 77-story tower in Weezar's district. You see what's going on here? All of these people around Weezar, including his brother, have either been found guilty or pled guilty. Well, There's just know, no way that uh, Joel Weezar Conkin weasels is, out of this. Joel Conkin is quoted in the story, and he says he, he, uh, he wonders why people are so concerned over Kevin DeLeon compared to the fact that nobody protests when council members are stealing from the city. And it's true. It is true. There's somebody else in this story that said the same thing, and they were talking about how Mitch Englander only got an 11-month sentence, and now he's out there in restaurants enjoying his life again. Okay, so this this is what is so haywire, is is that you've got these mobs, and I know they're hired mobs, but they create such a ruckus. The media covers them. Oh, there's all this, this, this shaming going on and how dare you say something or how dare you not stop those comments, right? All, all this dramatic theatrical emotion. And then you have here, this is the third councilman, the third one. Who's, yeah, who's we been, got Mark Ridley Thomas to go. Yeah, and Ridley Thomas is going to go to prison too. So Englander's in prison and out of prison already. Huizar is going to prison after the February trial, one way or the other. Ridley Thomas is going to prison. I think his trial is going to be next month. I think it is in, in December in November. Or November yeah. So you notice there are no protesters. There's very little media coverage. But somebody makes a joke about a handbag. Holy moly. <laughs> 24-7, relentless, relentless coverage, and people uh, beating their breasts and moaning in the streets. And it's like, what, what's wrong with you? Because DeLeon didn't stop somebody from saying nasty things. That causes you to be hysterical. And these people are taking bribes literally by the millions of dollars. No, I guess this is, is fresh. I mean, politicians taking bribes is just old news to people. But but, oh, no, no, oh, but, but nobody gets a upset. fresh piece of audio where it sounds like they're against my tribe. I want to get in there. Everything that's wrong with this culture right now can be summed up in the reaction to these thieves, these 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 corrupt councilmen, and then the reaction against the ones who are trashing uh, people in in private meetings. The disproportionate reaction to that meeting compared to the non-reaction to the thievery is what's wrong. Now, we have a story that just came out from the Times that L.A. City Council President Paul Krikorian um, said that uh, he sent Kevin DeLeon a letter. <laughs> His continued presence on the legislative body was causing actual ongoing harm, and he will not grant DeLeon's request to be temporarily excused from council meetings. So this could add a little drama to tomorrow if they are going to meet in person. 
Oh, the Leon should just gonna... show up. And you know what? It's, oh, it... that'll just give the protesters a lot of fun. Well, then you know what? I, I, I think Krikorian ought to clear the room. At some point, you can do that. You could do that, right? That's what he's going to have to do. Just but act maybe, like, act well, like but maybe he wants them to harangue De Leon, so he does quit. De Leon's not going to quit. Well, maybe if the protesters Cr- continue to stomp and scream at him. No, he's not. He, he's too much. He's a punk. He's a jerk. He's not going to do that. He said that they Krikorian's will... job is to hold a meeting. And Krikorian has the power to clear the room if if the, the, the paid protesters are, are, are too loud and abusive. And by the way, they are paid protesters. This is not a single protester who cares that DeLeon said that. There's not one of them that really cares. No, I'll go find one and bring him in. Yeah. Ray, Ray, go find one. Yeah, f- find me the person who actually cares about that. All right, more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Technology allows drones to deliver pizza. Here's mine now. Approaching drop zone. But to deliver powerful insights that are on target, you need more than technology. You need CDW to help transform and manage your IT environment with a Dell technology solution that lets you slice your data any way you want to accelerate innovation. Delivering. Don't forget to tip. Dell Technologies makes data-driven insights possible. CDW makes it powerful. Learn more at cdw.com slash Dell Data Center. This is all theater and virtu- virtue signaling. Well, we're noticing in some places outside of California in this wonderful country, the continued march towards rampant crime and homelessness may be slowing down a bit. We told you earlier in the show that in New York State, the Republican candidate for governor is catching up quickly on the Democrat in the polls there. Same thing in Oregon. The Republicans actually leading in the polls, although it is a three-way race. The news over the weekend came from one city that's been the scourge of not just protests, but homeless. The last time we talked about Portland, Oregon, it was that a number of people, including progressive people, had given up and wanted to leave. They are overwhelmed with homelessness. Now, you think about this. The city itself has about 600,000 people. The metro area does have over 2 million people. The mayor of Portland, I think we threw him in the dumpster years ago, Ted Wheeler. Yeah. Oh, he, he was one of those one of those new age wiener mayors, uh, like the guy in uh, Minneapolis who wanted to defund the police. That's right. That's yeah. right. During yeah. the protests. During right. the protests. Yeah. He's... I remember Seattle and Portland were both overwhelmed where they took right. over a police station in Seattle and Portland. No, they... Was Portland the one they tried to grab a government building or these something? Were, and... These were these were prissy progressives uh, who had an anything goes policy. And what, what you got is Portland just got burned out. Literally just burned out. There were so many fires, so many homeless people in the streets, so much crime going on. People murdered. I mean, they... Uh, uh, they had a record 92 homicides last year, and they're probably going to surpass it this year. More than 3,000 people are homeless in Portland. It's a 50% jump from 2019. This really got me. There were more than 700 encampments across the city. Mm-hmm. Again, this is a city of 600,000. It's not like L.A. It's, it's an outdoor sewer. Oh, my God. I haven't been there in years. I used to go there. My sister lived up in the Oregon area, but that's 20 years ago. Well, there, there's a poll out. And only 5% of those polled view the city of Portland very positively. Oh, they were Portland residents? Uh, it, it, uh, it's the uh, it, it, Oregon voters. 
Oregon, well, Oregon well, voters, close enough. Yeah. 5% view the city very positively, 18% somewhat positively. And uh, he, uh, half the respondents said they have a very negative view of Portland, and another quarter have a somewhat negative view. The story in the Associated Press says, well, what's made this worse, of course, is a housing shortage, COVID-19 pandemic, and drug addiction. You know, something, See, you, you wouldn't add policies and tolerance to that? No, because no, that's here, a big part of it, here, too. Here's the thing, and I, I cannot stand this coverage, and I will not stand for this coverage anymore. They do you it seated? You're seated, though, they aren't do you? It and say, no, I'm going to start standing up. <laughs> you said you will not stand. All right, so. I will not stand, so I will remain seated. Let me tell you, these people, three-quarters of them, are from out of state. No city is required to provide housing for out-of-state bums, drug addicts, and mental patients. This whole premise is absurd and ridiculous. Like, there's a housing shortage in Venice. There's a housing shortage in Portland. A housing shortage in San Francisco. No, there's not. There's an influx by the tens of thousands of homeless people from the other 48 states. That's what's happening. Every time a study is done, most of these people are from out of the city, out of the state. They come, this goes to your point, they come because these cities tolerate outdoor living. They tolerate outdoor drug addiction. They tolerate crime. They, they tolerate defecation, urination, meth, heroin. I, that's what it is, but it's not housing. Yeah, and I, part of me thinks now that it's gotten worse because people who live in these cities or run these cities have now gotten this uh, circle the wagons kind of thing. Well, the more we get criticized, the more we know we're right, and the more we'll hold fast to our yeah, principles no, and our values. They're partisan jackals is what they are. That's all. They're just well, partisan jackals, and they're going to fight to the end. That's why they have to be removed. They have to be removed from office. So here's what the mayor of Portland wants to do. He wants to get rid of unsanctioned encampments. In other words, they're going to come up with designated camping places. You can go there and roll your crap out and live there, but you can't just set up your own encampment. That's what he wants to do. Is that going to make a big dent? I don't know. Uh, they have camping sites that can serve up to 125 people. You'll get food, hygiene, litter collection, and treatment for mental health and substance They're going to try to organize it. They're going to put together uh, a, a list of, of city-owned land, right, and, and put homeless. Not in my neighborhood, yeah. Yeah, homeless encampments on that land. And, and that's another article I read this week, that the real problem is the nimbyism. It's like you're damn right it's the nimbyism because it doesn't matter if the city designates some public land that they have in a neighborhood as a homeless encampment. People are going to protest. They're going to go crazy. It doesn't matter that they own the land. It doesn't matter that they've got the legal right to make a homeless encampment on, on, on the public land. No, no one's going to put up with this, and nobody should put up with this. These the people should be sent I, back to their states where they came from. And I read this in the story, and we keep seeing this. Well, we have some concerns. It's one of the homeless services people that uh, we have a number of people that don't like to live in these large controlled situations. Yeah. Some don't like the rules. Some actually end up getting beat up or, or raped, even worse. They don't want to live because we start putting 150 to 500 homeless people together in an encampment. There's going to be some ugliness. And then some are just going to say, I'm not staying here anymore. And they're going to go out and start building their own encampment. Yes. yes. And then the, they, the question from this activist was, well, then I'm a little bit concerned about enforcement. Then, What does that mean? Look, 
well, you, you have can't to, you can't camp here. You're going to have to start using the dirty words, okay? Yes, the law is going to be enforced. Yes, you will get uh, arrested. Yes, you will get forcibly relocated. Yes, you're absolutely right. In fact, shame on everybody in all these cities for backing away from that tough, necessary language. Force. Law will be enforced. You will be removed. You will be arrested if you don't go on your own. Everybody got so scared. Well, I, I don't really want to offend anybody. I mean, I don't want people screaming at me, and I don't want protests. It's, it's because of their cowardice, their lack of courage to stand up for what reasonable people want. We all want them to be forced to leave. We want them to be forced off the street. When I see this, I think, all right, have they finally reached a breaking point in that city with that goofy mayor? Or is this going to be a catastrophe, too? And it's going to get shouted down and pushed away and probably, be 800 encampments there soon. Probably it's not going to work because just because you organize the encampments into designated zones, you're going to still have all these lunatics wandering the streets and they're going to be doing drugs. They're still going to be mentally ill. They're still going to be addicted to meth. They're still going to be addicted to heroin. They're still going to be drunk. I mean, they're still going to be urinating and defecating. These people are completely... A lot of them are completely uncivilized. All right. We got uh, more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right. I I think to finish the show, this story will have to come with a bit of a graphic warning. Uh, What has begun today in Los Angeles is the trial of Harvey Weinstein. The big movie mogul is facing a number of sex charges in L.A. He was already convicted in New York. Give you an idea where we're going. There was a book written by Ken Oletta called Hollywood Ending, Harvey Weinstein and the Culture of Silence. You want to hear one quote from the book? I don't know. In Hollywood Ending, author Ken Oletta recounts the testimony of Jessica Mann, who said Weinstein smelled like poop and his private parts looked deformed. (laughs) What we found out today from a deputy DA by the name of Paul Thompson he made his opening statement in Los Angeles Superior Court, is that what's going to be discussed in detail are those deformed private parts. What I'm referring to is a result of a surgery that the defendant had in 1999. Because of an infection, his testicles were actually taken from his scrotum and put into his inner thighs. For storage? Did, did, did you digest that? I... Well, I don't know put in, why they put have into to. his thighs, and they. And I they, guess so they could still function, right? So they they're stitched up inside his thigh. That's what they did. Yes. No well, wonder some of the women said there was like, yeah, there was like a lump or something. No, they, well, they said it looked like you know he had missing parts. Deformed. Right. It was deformed. So I guess he did not have a full set. He just he just had the. Uh, The reason Thompson put this in there is he said, none of the Jane Does will describe his anatomy perfectly, but most of them will be able to describe these abnormalities that they observed during the assaults. I mean, this has become a thing, particularly when you have a he said, she said without a lot of evidence. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, can the women remember something distinctive about the man's body to make it clear they were there with him nude? Remember Paula Jones describing uh, Clinton's... uh... A penis is bending to the left. Yeah, the curvature. Drew a picture like Which a banana. Which we found out then was a condition, right? Right. So I'm mean, wondering uh, if that explains their 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 sexual uh, aggression, the two of them. 
is they had some kind of deep-seated insecurity, desire to prove their manhood because they had defective-looking parts. Well, it was said about Epstein, too. He had some weird thing going on. Oh, well, maybe it was Epstein that was described as a lump. I mixed them up. Jeffrey Epstein, I think one of the women said that it was, uh, it was just his private part was like a, just a lump. It wasn't like a... Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> and well, she that, thought at first he was a woman or something? Or That would add further evidence. I mean, because you're talking about three of the uh, biggest sex criminals, you know, of our time. Uh, he added that the surgery caused pretty noticeable scarring, which will be visible in photos shown in court as the trial unfolds. Each Boy. of these women will come forward independently of each other, and they will tell you the defendant assaulted them. After they assaulted them, they were felt they felt emotionally devastated. They feared he could destroy their careers if they reported what he had done to them. He then showed a video slideshow of the accusers with quotes from prior testimonies. That I would out do to the anything jury. to get off this jury if I knew I was going to see close-up photos of Weinstein's genitals. I think like, I would the, the, do the, the same. You know what? I don't care what I don't care if they threw me in jail for contempt. It's like I'm not going to sit around and spend and spend this this trial could go on for weeks. Oh, this trial could go on for a while, right? Uh there are four accusers who are going to testify. Of course, they're referred to as Jane Doe's, but we know that one of them is Jennifer Newsom. Newsom's wife, uh, Newsom's wife. Now, what's interesting in this story today is that it appears that one of the women, one of the original women involved in the trial appears to have dropped out. So maybe that was Jane Doe 5. It isn't clear to me, or if that's one of the four, and whether or not that could be Newsom. Uh, he says, 17 years ago when she met the defendant in 2005, she was a powerless actor trying to make her way in Hollywood. He didn't name her, but we believe he's referring to Jennifer Newsom. Yeah. Because that's the time around she said she was raped. Uh, you want to hear what uh, Weinstein's attorney, Mark Worksman, said? Um, in general, he said the time of these attacks or these alleged attacks, uh, Hollywood was an entirely different place. Sex is a commodity. These women did want to trade sex for career advancement. That's going to be his defense. Oh, that and it was here's all, what he that said it was about, all consensual. These, these were just business deals. And here's where he took a shot. But Jennifer Newsom, he said, today, she's the wife of Governor Newsom. She's the first partner of California. She's made herself a prominent victim in the Me Too movement. Otherwise, she'd just be another bimbo who slept with Harvey Weinstein to get ahead of Hollywood. Oh, he said that? Yeah, he said that in court today. <laughs> he looked over at, New at Weinstein and said, look at him. He's not Brad Pitt. He's not George Clooney. <laughs> What he's trying to say is he called he's a fat, ugly blob, yeah. and these women only did this to get ahead in their careers. Um, because, you know, otherwise if he was an attractive man, it'd be no I, big deal know, to do it. I, I don't know about the, this these women, but I'm sure there was a fair number of women who slept with Harvey Weinstein yet to get a leg up. I mean, a lot of that went on. In a lot of cases, women w were willing to do it. No. Well, Jane because, Doe, number one, already took the stand, and I don't think I can read this. But um, Weinstein forced his way into her room and uh, demanded that she, um, <clears throat> oh, yeah, the testicles, yeah. What to go hunting for them? No, to uh, pleasure them while he uh, 
Oh. Pl- pleasured himself. Oh. Oh. Yeah. She claims she told him she was a mother, but he grabbed her hair and forced. Uh, oh, yeah. He uh, doesn't. He doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care. He doesn't care about any plea of. Uh, it, it's both. He was a monster and he raped a lot of women. And there were some women who were probably doing a business deal with him, too, right. for all those decades. Uh he just uh, wouldn't take no. Uh, that's going to be quite entertaining. Conway yeah. here. Hey, now. Hey, now. I like the title of the book, though. They had uh, deformed private parts. You know, you had Howard Stern with private parts. Oh. Weinstein. Deformed private parts. <laughs> wow. I like the title of the book. Yeah, I'll, uh... Tough to sell books, though, yeah. for uh, H. Yeah, no kidding. I'd... Yeah. Tough to get out there. Uh, we had the party at Morongo. Everybody asked about the two of you, right? That was oh, cool. they did not. Yes, they did. Yes, they what did. What do they want to know? They just wanted to know if you guys were coming. I said, oh, I don't know. You know, everybody's invited. But, Nobody invited uh, me. Well, everybody's always invited to everything we do. I honestly, I had no idea till today there was a party. Is that right? That's right. Oh. Nobody tells me anything. Wow. All right. Well, we, we talk Try next it. year. We'll do it next year. Next year is a big, big five-year. Oh, so. Oh, you're only 50 next year? No, I'm going to be 50 next year, yeah. That's I didn't know you were that young. Yeah. Well, Listen when I John when, when I started at KLSX, uh, no one's gonna, was nobody eight, nobody was sixteen. Well, nobody was going to give a show to a guy who was twenty three. So I told him I was thirty three. Oh, I see. So oh, that's how it got, That's how it got ten years off. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. So I'm sure. forty nine. I'll be fifty next year. Uh, whatever. Your brothers uh, and sisters will be happy to know that. Yeah, that makes me younger now than four of my brothers. Uh, America's not recycling anything. I was uh, an early adopter of that. I haven't recycled at all, ever. It's all a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. Your house is full of plastic. Well, look, I just knew it was a gimmick to begin with. You know, Mm. we used to put our trash out on an alley and, and literally for 10 years. And, you know, everything was the blue can, green can, black can. And then I saw I was up early at 6 o'clock one morning. I saw the truck come by. He picked up the black can, put it in the truck, the green can, and the blue can, all in the same truck. <laughs> yeah. So I stopped. I go, hey, 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 what's going on? He goes, oh, it's too dangerous down this alley to, to bring three trucks down. I said, how long have you been doing this? He goes, oh, we've never collected three cans on this. Uh, <laughs> for three, 10 years. Yeah. Separating years. everything. Oh, and I, I finally yeah. said, screw it. Yeah, 95% yeah, really. of uh, plastic is not recycled. And then Leslie Jordan died. I have to be, I, I got to be honest with you. I did not know who that was. I didn't either. Isn't that crazy? No, you didn't watch Will and Grace? That I guess television not. Yeah. Comedy no, show? I never did. But I felt bad that I didn't know the guy. Everybody loves the guy. Well, it's a little late now. Yeah, I know. I feel horrible. <laughs> This, I guess he's a very funny man. I don't know. I didn't know who he was. But you know who he is, right, Ken? I have seen, I saw the television show Will and Grace. I remember he was a big character on it. Little short guy, very gay, very over the top feminine. He's, southern, too. Southern. Yes, so right. Yeah, that was his He had this yeah, little uh, sarcastic, uh, and he was a, uh, a rival of one of the characters on the show. That was there. They had this little bickering they would do. Right. And for, but I heard during the pandemic, he went back to the South for a while, and he was doing stuff online that became really popular with people. I don't know whether he was telling jokes or telling stories or something that people loved. Well, my daughter, who's 17, was shocked, and all of her friends are shocked that he's dead. I mean, he really, I mean, later on in life, was able to get an audience of teenagers to 20 years. There's so much you and I don't know now. I know. That's why I said earlier in the show, there's just too many celebrities. We can't keep track of them all. I know, but that's what cocaine's for. <laughs> you do coke, and then you can read all that crap. 
You know, you people, could spend the day. That's right. Yeah, you we're lucky ah. you were high and a fan of our show years ago. Otherwise, you wouldn't know who we are. That's <laughs> exactly right. I used to send you guys tapes. I, I I used to sit there and listen to you guys for three or four hours I, every I single know, day. I know you sent I Frank call tapes. That's right. Them. That's right. That's, that's right. right. We played them. I know I have that tape. That's right. I, 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 I still has it. I'll, yeah, I do. I have it. I have boxes and boxes. Oh, we got to play it on the air. Yeah, I got to go find it. There's one you can't play on the air. <laughs> oh, <there is>. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll skip that one. Dig dog. All right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.